Throughout history, free thinkers have outraged the religious with their wacky ideas about the virtues of free speech, reason, and of course, eating babies. Now, God is dying, and it's time to dispose of his remains. From the pits of hell, Satan sends two puppets of the imperialist West and the Zionist Jews against God, Islam, and tiny kittens to bring you their propaganda and conspire for a new world order. This is Secular Jihadists for a Muslim Enlightenment with Ali Rizwi and Armin Navabi. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Secular Jihadists for a Muslim Enlightenment. My name is Ali Rizvi. I'm your host, and my fellow host is Armin Navabi. Hello. Armin. Hey. Hi. Well, I was going to say welcome, but I, I guess not. But anyway, so Armin and I, and we have a, we have a very special guest today. Uh, we have um, a, a guy who I've always found inspiring, and I always watch his videos on YouTube and, uh, and just completely get like riled up and inspired and it's it's uh, david silverman david silverman is uh, the president of american atheists and the author of the book fighting the excellent book fighting gods david welcome to secular jihadists thank you so much for having me on the show ali and armin it's a pleasure to be here yeah it's it's fantastic and um so you american atheists is having a one thing we wanted to talk about is uh, they're having a conference uh, that's coming up um it's in Oklahoma, right? It's in Oklahoma City, uh, and yeah. it's coming up. It's only four weeks away. And the keynote speaker, your main speaker, is Hugh Laurie, Dr. Gregory House from the from the, the Hugh Laurie is coming, and uh, I am so excited, Ali. It's um, it's something that I have been trying to do for a long time. When when I created the Reason Rally back in 2012, the objective was to try the the dream was to try and get a list celebrities to associate themselves uh-huh. with the movement, and uh, now we've got one, and um, uh, I had breakfast with um, Mr. Laurie just a couple days ago, mm-hmm. and um, guess what? He is all in. He's fully supportive, and he is coming. And he yes, yes. is—he's uh, just awesome, and, and and he's really a joy to talk to. Um, yeah. And so, and I, I'm really excited that that the this convention that we've got coming on, um, which is uh, Easter weekend. It's almost always on Easter weekend for the American Atheist National Convention. And uh, it's um, it's in Oklahoma City, so that's March 30th, April 1st, and it's like an it's an odd year. Uh, it's not like a special year, right? It's not like an anniversary year or anything like that. But this convention is looking like it may actually be our best yet. And I know people say that a lot, but I actually think it's true that this convention. Looking at the lineup and looking at the theme that we've got, which is essentially hearts plus brains minus assholes, is, um, I mean, we're trying to bring the love, we're trying to bring the compassion, we're trying to bring the heart behind firebrand atheism. So we're going to be doing charity work, we're going to be doing uh, some food packing for some homeless people, we're going to pack 25,000 meals for the homeless. But more than that, Hugh Laurie is coming, uh, and we've got um, Inna Shevchenko, we've got Barry Lynn. So we've got a really large, broad tray. You know, Inna, she's the fire-breathing president of Femen from yeah. from Europe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. F- 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 huge fan of Femen. She's 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 awesome, and she breathes fire, and she gets me going. And on the other side of that is Barry Lynn, uh, the outgoing executive director of Americans United for the Separation of Church and State. And um, I- I'm just so thrilled 
with the breadth of what we're doing here and with the 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 comedy and with the music and with the fun that we're bringing to this convention um i'm really excited giddy about this <laughs> I'm, I'm giddy about this because Hugh Laurie is coming. <laughs> I know that's that's the thing. I so one thing I've always uh, loved about you is that you're just absolutely unapolog- unapologetically firebrand. So yeah. so you've you're you're not just the uh, you know yeah sure I'm an atheist big deal you know I, but you're, you you've got a you had a license plate or you have a license plate that says atheist you wear the shirts yeah. and you wear them in in Bible Belt states and you you do you do the whole thing so. Um, well, I, I guess I want. I, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, it's 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 beyond unapologetic. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's beyond that because not only do I not apologize, I don't think I should apologize. In fact, I think I should say you're welcome, because being a firebrand atheist is the nice thing to do. <laughs> Telling people yeah. what they don't want to hear, even though because they have to hear it, even though you're going to get blowback from it, is the nice thing to do. What, when what I do tell you- what. What do you say to people that uh, now you're just like the religious people, their uh, Christians and Muslims are preaching their religion, and now atheism has turned into a religion that you guys are preaching? How would you respond to that? Well, so what is a religion and what is the truth? Uh, when you're talking about what the difference is, a religion is the practice around a belief in a God, and a God is a supernatural living entity. And everything, and I mean everything that we know in the world to be true, tells us that that's false, that there are no gods, that there is no supernatural, and that means that all religion is wrong. And therefore, if you're telling people something that is uh, in line with everything else that we know to be true, i.e., by definition, true, uh, that's not religion. Uh, that is telling the truth. And yes, so, so we have this problem, right? And this is an important point, Armin, because we say the same words. We do say the same words. I say I'm right. They say I'm right too. I say, no, they're wrong. They say, no, we're wrong. So where is the difference? What exactly is the difference? Well, you have to figure out what the definitions of those words mean. If you've got all of the people who say they're right, you know, in a, in a room, some of them are going to be wrong. Some of them are going to be right. And some of them are going to be wrong. And the people in that room who are right need to shout it. It doesn't matter if the people in the room are shouting their wrongness. The people who are right need to shout their rightness to help the people who are wrong. Yeah, and what, yes, what that the, gives you a, what? Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I was going to say one of the examples that that I usually give of this is that you know you have the Taliban who are just badly oppressing women, and then you have women's rights activists who are just as loud resisting it. And uh, you know, if you say, well. You know, they're both sides are equal because, you know, they're just, I was telling them, I'm like, equivalence in passion does not equal equivalence of purpose or, or, or a matter of, you know, who's right and who's not. And, and the parallel that I could draw to that in, 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 in America is that a lot of people look at atheism and religion as having equal rights. You know, right. we both have equal rights. They say, I have the right to believe what I want. And yeah, you do. But that doesn't mean our ideas are equal. Mm-hmm. That doesn't you you can you have the right to believe in Santa Claus or Allah or Zeus or Thor. You can have the right to believe in anything you want, but that doesn't mean your ideas are equal. It doesn't mean they deserve equal merit. They have the equal civil rights, and you can be equally passionate, but that doesn't mean you're correct. And the thing about atheism is that it is definitionally correct. It's never been proven wrong once. But then you said that was, that's the response would be that was that's just your opinion. 
that ah, but what is the opinion? And so, and right. So that is my opinion. So mm-hmm. how valuable is my opinion? Mm-hmm. What do I base my opinion on? Well, the amount of evidence that we have in the real world that says, okay, I have an opinion that there's a man in the sky. I have an opinion that there's not a man in the sky. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? The opinion that there's not a, a man in the sky is supported by literally 100% of the evidence that we in the world know to be true. The um, the idea, the opinion that there is a man in the sky is supported by right, literally nothing. 0% of our facts. So mm-hmm. yes, they, they, they push us off and they try to equate us. They try to say, oh, well, you're saying the same things that religion does. And this is just your opinion and this is their opinion. And that tries to equalize us. Mm-hmm. And what we have to realize is that atheism is not equal to religion, even though we use the same words, even though we both get fired up. We're not equal to religion. Atheism is correct by definition because we agree with 100% of the facts that we know to be true in the universe, which means we are correct. And that means that people who disagree with that point are incorrect. It doesn't matter if you have a very strong opinion that Santa Claus is real. You're still wrong. Now, when Santa Claus lands on your roof and all of a sudden this new evidence comes out that shows, oh, look, Santa Claus is real, well, then we'll change our view of the of the universe. But until then, myths are myths and facts are facts. And we have this problem where people say, oh, well, we're going to try and basically apologize for religion, basically defend religion against the onslaught of truth that's coming its way. And yeah, they use the same words. But we need to know what those words mean in order to realize how right we are and how wrong they are. And that's where skepticism comes in. That's how we, that's how the practice of skepticism is atheists' best friend. And that's why every atheist should be a skeptic. Every person should be a skeptic. And when we're talking about, you know, how do you know one opinion versus the other? Well, that's your opinion. Well, that's your opinion. Well, apply skepticism to that stuff. Apply skepticism to I'm right and he says he's right. Who's right? Apply skepticism and see how it works. So uh, I have a copy of your book here that you signed for me in London and you draw a smiley face on it and you wrote under it, uh, Muhammad. I know there's somewhere in this book that there's another smiley face that says not Muhammad. Yeah. Right. Can you tell us the story behind that? So that was a big deal for me. That was um, that cartoon um, was the reason I changed publishers. And that cartoon, that not next to it, um, almost cost me my book deal. Um, I wanted to draw Muhammad. I wanted to sub- put, to put a picture, uh, a depiction of Muhammad. And of course, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't racially charged. It wasn't derogatory. It's not about being rude. It's about exercising your speech, okay? Which is why I draw Muhammad all the time, but I always draw it as just a smiley face. I always draw him as just a smiley face because I don't want anybody to... to you know that a, a whole bunch of people who do draw Muhammad, they 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 draw pictures that that appear to be racist. Okay, uh, a lot of them are are, are simply, um, you know, they're, they're they're very very derogatory, and that misses the whole point. Hmm. This isn't about being rude, and this isn't about being racist, and it's not about uh, actively trying to piss people off. It's about exercising your civil rights to draw what you see fit, and the draw and the. The, by drawing a smiley face, we take away all those extra negatives and I just draw the smiley face. And so originally this book was supposed to be published by a small press publisher and they had that, and it had that smiley face in it and the publisher refused to publish it and I refused to take it out. Just because of the smiley face that said Muhammad under it, they refused to publish it. They refused to publish it. Mm. 
<laughs> and uh, we had a long talk, and and it was just not going to happen. So, um, so did they? Uh, did they refuse to publish it because uh, they thought it would be offensive, or was it out of fear that they might get attacked? Or it was fear. Mm. It was fear. It was about fear for them, fear for the for the. Um, Fear for the publisher, fear for the people. Um, it wasn't about not being offensive. It was about yielding to terrorism. Yeah, this is so. This is a point I I bring up a lot when when I speak. Um, is that I was telling people, I'm looking at when you say that you're not going to publish a picture of Muhammad, even if it's in the headlines, even the day after Charlie Hebdo the attacks, you know, you're not going to publish the the actual cartoons that were the focus of the story. Right. When you do that because you want, you think you're trying, you want to curb terrorism and not offend Muslims, well, you've already become a victim of terrorism because that's how right. terrorism works. If you, once you've done it out of fear and you said, I don't want to do this because I'm scared. And even though, you know, I publish everything else and, you know, we have a free, free press and we pride ourselves into publishing everything, but we're not going to do this. You're not curbing terrorism. You've already become a victim of it, and and that is how terrorism works. And, and, that, and they're not going to stop there. Once you once you submit to one thing, then there's going to be something else. This is going to right. only be the once they show their dominance and making you submit to something and their way of uh, doing things, then they're going to increase their demands. So right. And think about what they're doing. They're using political correctness. And you're right, Armin. They're using, it's never the last step, right? Which is why, I mean, if you notice it, it's now very politically incorrect to draw Muhammad. But the, 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 the Muslim bad guys out there, the terrorist bad guys out there aren't happy, right? Now they don't want you to insult Islam. Now they don't want you, they're using political correctness and fear. They're using fear to create a political correctness to get people to obey Quranic law of their own free will, without force of law, and little by little. And they're legitimizing this idea that whatever these terrorists want, we just do, and it's just easier that way. And yay, why wouldn't you just um, follow along? And by the way, if you draw Muhammad, you're poking them in the eye. If they riot because you draw Muhammad and somebody dies, that death is on your shoulders. That death is on your head. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it is absolutely terrorism, Ali, and it is absolutely never the last thing, Armin, because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to invade our secular life by making us fear enough to obey Quranic law, Quranic traditions, um, of our own free will. And that's why we need to resist. That's right. why we and, need to push back. And you made a point somewhere else that I listened to that you said it, the point is not just to offend people. If they were offended, but they didn't demand that we don't do this, there would be no point in drawing Muhammad. It, right. beca it became necessary to start drawing Muhammad when they started demanding that we don't draw Muhammad. That's that's exactly. the reason why we draw it, not because it offends it, but because they demand that we don't draw it. We have to make sure that it backfires on them so that they see that this doesn't work. Right, and, and and we have to make sure that that's a really important point. I don't do anything just to offend religious people. I don't. Offending religious people is not the point. Mm. Saying the truth is the point, and sometimes the truth offends religious people. Uh, doing what I want is the point, and sometimes doing what I want offends religious people, but I don't do things just to offend religious people. That's not nice. That's not mm. humanism. And one of the things that I need people to understand is that the basis under, underneath firebrand hardline atheism is humanism, is kindness, is compassion, it's love here, okay? I'm a nice guy, and we're trying to do good things for the world. But we didn't and, say, some people might say, hey, you're, uh, David, you're defining atheism. Atheism is nothing other than a lack of belief in God. It doesn't come with all that baggage that you just mentioned. What baggage? 
like your humanism, you know, love and all that. So that's not atheism. Atheism is simply nothing other than lack of belief in God. That's correct. Atheism is nothing but uh, nothing other than the act of belief in God. And that's why I always qualify my atheism with firebrand atheism, uh, which is something that I think people need to understand. Firebrand atheism is the idea that telling the truth is important and being out there and doing it uh, and, and saying the things that people don't want to hear because of love, because of compassion. Telling the truth is important. You can be a total atheist and be completely in the closet. You can be an atheist and love religion. You can be an atheist and 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 go all over the gamut. Uh, and yeah, you can be an atheist and not humanist. Um, I am a humanist, but I never identify with one because it's not humanistic to call yourself a humanist. Mm -hmm. It's humanistic to call yourself an atheist because that allows you to take down the barriers that people understand. Right. Because humanist, being a humanist is not something people look down upon. You, I, I also prefer calling myself an atheist, even though I am a humanist, because atheism is demonized, so you want to normalize it. So that's why you want to make sure that as many people as possible call themselves an atheist. That's right. exactly right. Right, and so I had a I had a question because you know we're we're talking about Islam and you know in, in this podcast we do focus on Islam, but uh, there's always this you know nowadays the way it is is you know you say something about Islam and everyone's like what about Christianity? You say something about Christianity, like well what about Islam? It's so there, it's, there's a um uh, that's a kind of discourse. So I wanted to ask you actually. You know, the, this whole idea that not all religions are the same, the, there are two ways to look at it. One is to, you look at the practices, like, for instance, the, both the Old Testament and the Islamic texts, they share all these cruel and torturous corporal punishments, like stoning to death for adulterers and so on. Um, but more Muslims practice it today than, say, Jews, right? But then, and then there are some doctrines like violent jihad that are unique to Islam. So, some people have the view that Islam is a lot worse than Christianity Judaism. But on the other hand, if you think that the worst and the most damaging thing about religion is the very idea of faith or believing things without evidence or religious indoctrination, brainwashing, uh, the tainting of you know logic and critical thinking faculties and so on, then in, the, in that, from that perspective, all religions are dangerous and the rest of it is just superficiality. So, where do you land on this? Do you, do you think that, um, you know, the worst thing that religion has to offer is this sort of faith, the, the, the faith aspect and the, and the untruths and the, and, uh, the uh, indoctrination? Or uh, do you think that we should focus uniquely more on, on Islam and, uh, you know, some of the sort of uh, peripheral stuff like terrorism and so on? That's a really important question, Ali. Um, it, as far as I'm concerned, all religion is shit and all religion deserves to die. And yeah. it's a matter of, it's a matter of the fact that religion is by it, by definition, a lie. It is a con. It is a scam. And that's all of it. And no right. religion is better than any other in that case. And a lot of people have this, this debate. And, you know, the, the, the Islam debate is, uh, is an important debate to have. Um, and, I, you know, I have a pretty bad issue. I have a pretty big issue with looking at Islam as a monolith and looking at Christianity as a monolith and looking at Judaism as a monolith and saying, okay, which one is better? Because that's not the true analogy. That's, that's, that's not the true, that's not the truth. That's not, that's not reality. If you look at the the Muslims who walked down the streets of Paris after Charlie Hebdo and shot innocent civilians, right? They shot children in the streets. Mm -hmm. And you ask them, what about my friends, the Muslims across the street 
who just want to live their life and be happy and, and live in brotherhood with the rest of Americans, those Muslims in Paris would say that the Muslims next door are not real Muslims. Yeah. If you ask my next door neighbors about the Muslims in Paris, they will say those people in Paris are not real Muslims. If you ask the Catholic Church about the Westboro Baptist Church, they'll say the Westboro Baptist Church is not really Christian. If you ask the Westboro Baptist Church about the Catholic Church, they'll say they're not really Christian. Actually, it, we had uh, Ari Hershkovitz, who's uh, who was one of the people in the Netflix documentary um, "One of Us," who escaped Hasidic Judaism, and he was telling us that in in his community in Brooklyn, where he was raised, it was a very very insular, closed community. Uh, they didn't really consider non-practicing Jews, Jews who don't practice Judaism, Jewish as well. Which is, right. I know, that's a topic we're going to come to in a bit as well. So, and yeah, the, the idea is that that all religion, every person who believes in a God, believes in a God who agrees with them, okay? Everybody out there who agrees with a God, unless you're insane, everybody who believes in a God, believes in a God that agrees with them. There's nobody out there that says, I'm pro-choice, but God is pro-life and we disagree. That never happens. Nobody says, I love gays, but God hates gays. Or I love abortion, but God hates abortion. I love guns and God hates guns. Nobody, nobody. Everybody believes in a God that agrees with them. Those mm -hmm. people in Paris believed in a God that agreed with them. They thought they were doing good by the people they were shooting. They thought yeah. they were doing them a favor. The people... so. So we need to understand what's going on here. People are inventing their own God. People are inventing their own God en masse all the time. In their own image, yeah. Yes, it's based on their indoctrination well, and their raising. Kind of two-way a little bit, right? Like you, 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 you recreate your God to agree with you, but you also change your views a little bit based on what people tell you what your God is. Right. You know, it's, 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 there, there's a, there's a catch 22 yeah. and, and you're, you're raised a certain way and you believe a certain way and you can get into what free will is and, and you can get into, um, you know, who exactly you are, but, you know, and you're a product of your upbringing. Right. And their upbringing may be religious. And that's why people believe in gods that are similar to their parents' gods. Right. But in the end, People believe in gods. Everybody invents their own gods. And mm -hmm. so when you say, oh, well, is Islam a problem? Is Islam a bigger problem than Judaism? Well, that's not a real question because Islam isn't really one entity. It's just these little cells of entities of people who have gods that are similar to each other because of their own indoctrination. And so that little cell of that religion might be a problem. And it's also very, very different from a cell of religion over here in America where people are think of praying to the same God and looking at the same book and coming up with a completely different interpretation of what is real. But they, and they but all say their religion is the true religion. True, but but David, but you could point to the Quran and the Bible, and you could read them, and you could be like, "I'm I'm not saying if it's true or not, but you could make the claim that taking this book seriously, on average, results in more harm than taking that book seriously, even though both of them are absolute nonsense, absolute bullshit. Or both of, both of them have baseless claims. If somebody takes this book seriously, 
on average, not you know, you can't point to every single person, but on average, this is going to produce more harm. Can you? Can't, right. Can't, well, yeah. not going to produce more harm. Let's 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 imagine a world where Islam and mass. Just because I want to just pick Islam, yeah. Islam and mass has gone through a massive worldwide reformation, and now a hundred percent of the Muslims in the world are the stereotypical nice, kind Muslims down the street who just want to do their thing and be brothers with everybody else. Mm-hmm. That book is still there. That book is still shit. So is Islam now still more dangerous than Judaism? If if Judaism goes unreformed, if Ju- if Judaism goes rogue and goes bad, and Islam goes good, mm. universally, those books haven't changed. So is the are the books more dangerous? Well, it's not about the books. It's about the way it's practiced, and it's about the places that it's practiced, and it's about the cells that are practicing it in certain ways. Well, if yeah. you're talking about the ideology, then you can't really point to people to figure out what the ideology is, because if you ask every Muslim what Islam is, and you get as many answers as there are Muslims, right? Exactly. That, well, and that's the important point. That's why you can't say Islam is worse than Judaism, because it's all shit, and people need to realize that but, all religion is this way. Yeah, but their their shits are, are anchored in diff, in different sources, right? So even though it's is is they're very different, it's not randomly different. There is a source that they're all coming out of. Like it's not completely independent from the. Even though Muslim beliefs are very different from each other, there uh, the Quran has an influence on all these beliefs. Even though Christians' views are very different from each other, the the Bible has an influence on these beliefs. And if the source is more rotten, if the if the if the source is more anti-human, more anti-science, more anti-woman, more anti... If the source is, you know, then obviously, even though you're going to see many different views coming out of this this source, on average, you might see more harmful views coming out of this source than another different source, even though... And, and And so, but the Quran has good verses in it too. The Quran has nice things Hardly. in it, and the Quran has bad things in it. And the the Bible, the Old Testament, and the New Testament have good things and bad things. And so you can look at the Quran, and yeah, you can say, okay, well, this one has, th- this book has fifty nice things in it and five hundred bad things in it, and this this book has fifty nice things in it and ten thousand bad things in it. So this book is worse, and you can say that. But if if the people who are looking at the book with the ten thousand bad things are all focusing on the good things. It doesn't make it a bad religion. Well, so there's also the a lot of discussions a little on the moot side because it's not about what the books say. It's about the interpretations of the book and it's about the, the breadth of the interpretations of the book and the number of people who are interpreting the book to, to be. And, and to that's another that reason book. why some and that's why another reason why some books are more dangerous than others, because some books leave you more in, room for interpretation than the, the rest. Right. Some, well, some or less or less or, or less. One of the things here is uh, that, uh, you know, that there's also another variable and the other variable is, uh, do people take this literally as a word of God? So, for instance, if you if you look at the Old Testament, you look at the Quran side by side, Dave, I agree with you. I mean, they're both actually horrific um, in, in some of the stuff they say. And in, in fact, some of the things like stoning for adulterers actually not in the Quran. It's in the Hadith. It was. But it was it, eaten by a goat. It was eaten by a goat. Yeah, that's right. But it's uh, it's uh, it is in the in the Bible in the in the Old Testament. So the you know so what what it comes down to often is that you know you, you'll have a lot of Reformed Jews you know long they and they have given up the idea that the the Old Testament is a word of God and they've rejected the infallibility aspect. Whereas most Muslims to this day haven't rejected it. They're kind of getting there. But the precedent shows that it is possible for people to 
at one time in history believed that this is the unalterable, unquestionable word of God and must be read literally and, and move on to a point with like, okay, well, it's either divinely inspired or, you know, we just have But it's harder to do that with a book that warns you that people are going to do that and don't listen to them, right? I'm just saying, you know, if a book... It could still happen. It could happen, but I'm just saying if a book is warning you against that, it makes it a little bit more difficult. If a book tells, if one book doesn't tell you that this is not the word of God and one of them tells you that this is the verbatim book of God, it it becomes a little bit more difficult to take that book less seriously if you yeah, actually it does it say that in the bible it actually does say that in the old testament it's just about the moses parts i guess not the whole just, thing yeah, but, but the but the other side of this but the other side of this is that the books are contradictory inside themselves and exactly. so when they say that the that they are the inerrant word of god mm-hmm. um and they're the perfect word of god and you've got contradictions but, in there you, the Quran, the Quran, the Quran, again, this is why the Quran is a little bit more dangerous because it, it has cover for that. It tells you that the ones that came later um, take precedent over the ones that came earlier. Like the Bible doesn't do it such a good job in covering its contradiction. The Quran does. That's also the whole abrogation and the Nusk, what they call the Nusk thing. I mean, that's also a, uh, a, a that's also an interpretive thing. Like some people. I understand that, actually, but people at the time of Muhammad, they yeah. made fun of him that, hey, your rules are contradicting itself. And then the verse came down. Like, no, do no, you think I, the actually, Quran can't change its mind? The God no, can't change his mind? Yeah. But the other interpretation was that when they talk about the word that came afterwards, replacing the word before, that is the later scripture. So the Quran was the later scripture that abrogated the gospels. And and so so there there that's also kind of open to interpretation. And that's the big point. It's all open to interpretation. So when I, you've got so the problem is the, the bigger picture problem here, and, and Ali, you touched on it, is this idea of objective morality, the idea that the book is perfect and that it's unalterable, but it is by definition subjective. It claims to be objective, but it is subjective and it must be subjective because of the contradictions and because of the ways of interpreting. And so the problem is that people interpret, and this goes beyond Islam, this is all religion. People look at their books and they find what they choose to be objective truth, and then they stick by it. And so this this creates a problem because that prohibits learning. It prohibits uh, reconsideration. If you've got an idea in your head that you say is objectively true and you're subjectively choosing what is objectively true, and there are other lines in the book that you are subjectively choosing are not objectively true because they can contradict with what you have already decided is objectively true, then you've got a problem where your morality is going to be stuck in the past. It's never going to be challenged. It, it's, a, it's actually a combination of things too. So for, for instance, in some cases, like in the Quran, I think that this is kind of maybe what Armin was trying to get at is that in the Quran and the Old Testament, there's some things that are actually pretty unequivocal. Like in the Quran, Surah, verse, the, the Surah 5 verse 38 says that amputate the hands of the thief. It could not be more clear. So that is actually not open to interpretation. Well, yeah. But well, on I the mean, other some hand, people, some people actually do say that just uh, that that means just remove the no remove the the methods for them to do their their crime. Oh, right. Mean, so there you go. There you go. But yeah. yeah but, but David, do you think it makes sense for people to focus on certain religions just because they um, like some atheist activists? Maybe they want to focus on Christianity because they understand it more. They understand how to talk to the people. Some people want to focus on. Um, 
going to the as to Muslims and talk to Muslims because they understand how to talk to them. Some people want to talk to. You. So even though I understand, I mean, I agree that the best method is not to uh, not to go and just teach people that you need evidence for to be, for believing in something. Like you just go at the source of everything, right? But but do you do you think that it? You, so you go at all religions of picking and choosing. But do you think for some activists it might make sense just maybe because of passion, maybe because of their uh, understanding of the situation or how to so their experience the experience to, to focus on certain religions oh absolutely uh, i mean absolutely because i mean i focus on christianity for mm. the very reason that i'm a separation of church and state activist that's what i do mm. uh and i'm an equal rights activist and i'm an equal i'm an, a religious equality activist and in america where i live and where i know the society best uh the biggest threat against those concepts is christianity so mm. I, of course, I, I, I'm a much better person to debate Christianity than I am uh, Islam or Hinduism or anything else. But mm. I mean, that doesn't mean that it's so it's one thing to focus on being an expert in countering Islam, countering um, Christianity, countering Judaism. It's another thing to look at those ideas as monoliths and say that this religion is worse than that religion because that's a flawed idea and it's not nuanced. And and I think that in the atheist world, uh, we need nuance. We need to understand uh, that there's a difference between Islam is a problem and it's all about Islam. And it's, and it's, it's or, or I should say that Muslims are a problem in this area of the world because of what they're doing and Islam is a problem. There's a, there's a nuance there. There's a difference there. And um, I think that really uh, we need to focus on the bigger picture that it's not about which religion is worse. It's about the fact that all religion is shit. All religion yeah. is a lie and all religion is a scam. And that the interpretation of all those religions that there's, I, there's, there's a lot of, um, there's just so much similarity between all the religions that I'm not just even talking about the Abrahamic religions. I'm talking about the, just the idea that your religion is right and their religion, everybody else's religion is wrong. And your individual interpretation, your individual invention of the God that you believe in, who agrees with you is the one perfect God. That's a very consistent message across all the world. And that's the message we need to drive home. If you believe in a God, you invented that God. That's the message we should be using. Yeah, but so, uh, just just to, just to be clear, even if I even if I disagree, even if I say some religions might be worse than the other ones, uh, like let's say if I say Mayan religion, if it was here, here today, would be even worse than Islam, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Even if I say that, that's not that's not taking away for. I'm not arguing that any those ones that are less harmful are any less bullshit, right? If I say cancer is worse than AIDS, I'm not. That's not an endorsement of AIDS, right? Correct. Okay. Right. Uh, so, so, do you so, want to read the Patreon uh, question just just because we promised we're going to ask the Patreon? Oh, question? sure. Okay. Yeah, so, so we'll go through. Um, just this is from uh, Mikal Mikulik, I think. Yeah. Uh, Hi, Mikal. And uh, it's uh, the question is: What would you say to uh, Anthony, Anthony Magnabosco, who by using street epistemology wants to avoid, quote, backfire effect. So there's two parts to that question. Um, the first part is using street epistemology, and the second part is the backfire effect. Um, I am absolutely not sold on the backfire effect. Uh, I understand completely that people might revolt and go back 
and, and run away if they hear the truth. Um, but I am not sold on the idea that that is the reason why you shouldn't say anything to them. Wait, um, can you and, explain that? So that, that, that's the explanation of the backfire effect in case yeah. somebody was not. The idea that you would say that your God doesn't exist, your God does, your, your religion is wrong, your God is, doesn't exist, and they get so tied up and they get so defensive that no, they that's... dig in and they stop listening. That's uh, and then they, they supposedly get more religious because you said that. I don't buy <laughs> that. Um, however, Anthony is brilliant. Yes. I do know Anthony Magnabosco. He's coming to the American Atheist National Convention, by the way, and he's going to be doing a, a, a workshop on how to convert, how to deconvert a Christian in 15 minutes. And he's going to use street epistemology. I have done and it in five, think, by the way. Just to what? I have done it in less than five minutes once. Excellent. <laughs> so, and, and street epistemology is not at all incompatible with firebrand atheism. Okay, firebrand atheism is about telling the truth, even if you think it's going to be unpopular. So you can use street epistemology as your method. Uh, and I think that it's a great idea. Um, I have used street epistemology. I have used the Socratic method, and you should too. Um, you should watch Anthony's videos, and you should read the books on street epistemology. Um, and, and you should use that. And that is firebrand atheism. Uh, I do not think that uh, when, when we're talking about street epistemology we're not talking we are talking about you know um we're not talking about something that is not firebrand atheism uh, and if you're afraid if, if I, I believe mccall is is thinking that firebrand atheism is about shouting and insulting and sometimes it is it's not about insulting but that might make people recoil but that's not the only part of firebrand atheism. Uh, the, the big part of firebrand atheism, the real part of firebrand atheism, is simply telling the truth. And street epistemology in the Socratic method is an excellent way of telling the truth. And, and I think everybody should use it um, and use whatever makes you happy. Use whatever you're best with. Right. Um, uh, it, it's, it's not about... Uh, and I, I think very, very strongly that the, the street epistemology approach is excellent and you should use it. And that is still firebrand atheism. What is not firebrand atheism, just to define it, is you have your truth and I have my truth and we agree to disagree. That oh, is something yeah. I will never say. No, that yeah. is the exact yeah, opposite not. of firebrand atheism. And that causes harm. That causes harm, that causes damage, and that is not humanism. That is cowardice. That is you saying, I don't want to have this argument because it's me. I don't want to do it. So I'm going to let you have your dreams. I'm going to let you have your your wrongness and go along with your life. I'm going to cement. There's a very selfish view of looking at the world. Basically, you're denying them an option of uh, considering other views. Exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah. you're doing it because you fear the, uh, the confrontation or you're lazy and you don't want to do it. Or, or you have low expectations of the other person. You just have a, really low, you have a really low bar and low expectations for other people. Like, uh, that, yeah. And, and, and in, in any of those cases, it's, it's not about being nice when you say that. It looks like you're being nice. But you're not being nice. Yeah, you're it being looks selfish. like you're being a humanist, but you're not. You're being lazy. And I will tell people that you're being cowardly and you're being anti-humanistic when you say things like, this is my truth and that's your truth and we're going to agree to disagree. That is a cowardly, anti-humanistic thing to say. In fact, yeah. in fact, I would argue, I would argue it's selfish of a Muslim that is not trying to convert me to Islam is because if they believe that I'm going to burn forever, 
if I die and they're not trying to convert me to Islam, that's a very selfish act by them. Because And, and, and that's true. And that's yeah. the same thing for Christianity. Anything yeah. that has a, a, a version of hell, that's the case. And you could say the same thing for Hinduism, because if you're not a good enough Hindu, you're going to be born back in a lower form. Right. So, so I had to, you know, you, you have this, um, I mean, one of the things that atheists, uh, the American atheist does is that you have these billboards that go up like often during Christmas time where, you know, you say, you know, it's a myth, you know, it's a scam. And um, they're, they're, they're a lot of fun. I know you've put them up in, in Muslim areas uh, as well as Jewish areas and Christian areas and so on. Yeah. So, so that's, I mean, that, that kind of approach when you're, when you're talking about the street epistemology and firebrand um, approaches, have you had any success with that? Because I know that you've said uh, before that uh, th that's really to draw people out of the pews, like the, the closeted atheists that are forced to go to church by their families or whatever. Um, what you want to do is you want to kind of reach them and let them know they're not alone. Right. Um, but have you had actual people who've come up and, and talked to you and it, rather than the backfire effect or, you know, even if they got pissed initially that, you know, uh, you're offending me, they come back later and they're like, you know what? I thought about it. You're right. You kicked me in the sure. ass and now it made me think. Many, many, Ali, many, many of the people who are, who know about American atheists know about us from our billboards. And of course, the billboards, you can't be, a, you can't use street epistemology on billboards, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've, you've, you've got, and remember what the, the objective is of the billboard. The objective of the billboard is to raise awareness. How do you raise awareness? The objective of our billboards is to raise awareness by getting the news to talk about us. So I said, you know, it's a myth in Arabic. And I put it up in, uh, in a Muslim neighborhood in New Jersey. And of course, that, you know, I, I don't know how many people saw that billboard. I don't, I don't think anybody saw that billboard and had their mind changed, right? That's not what happened. What happened was people talked about it. What happened was people talked shit on it. They, they badmouthed us. They said, did you see what those atheists did? They called Islam a myth. Let's talk about it. Let's go on CNN. And CNN posted a picture of the billboard. And here's the billboard up close. And it takes this, this, this image and plasters it on the airwaves. And now people are talking about whether or not Islam is a myth. Whether or not Christianity is a myth. Let's talk about it on Fox News. Let's look at the Jews. The Jews said, they, and the Jews made me move the billboard, and the Muslims didn't make me move the billboard, and the Christians, when they just erupted and they put up a counter billboard, and, and the, the conversation is the thing, because the conversation is where our target audience gets talked to. The conversation, the best thing that can happen to a billboard, for a billboard, the best thing, and it happens so often, is when a pastor or a preacher, or a, um, any any kind of a pastor or a preacher, complains about the billboard to the to the uh, to its audience. That's the yeah. best thing right. because there are closeted atheists in that audience yep. that know and have already thought that their religion is a myth, but they don't know we exist. Yeah. So it's not about converting people. It's about raising the awareness of the people who already agree but with us wrong, that we exist. But there's nothing wrong with also trying to deconvert, de I guess, people to it. You can't do that with a billboard. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, not, not that there's anything wrong with that, right? Not that there's anything wrong with trying to get people to abandon their, abandon their oh, religion. Oh, no, that's a good deed. Yeah. Getting people to abandon their religion is a very good thing to do. It's a nice thing to do. And one thing, one thing else you have done is that you you advocated for removing the cross from that nine eleven you know um, area and also the Star of David. So you got a lot of pushback from 
atheist saying that what the uh, what the hell you guys are trying to do yeah, is, like, no, is, is it worth picking these battles rather are these like really what's what's the, what's the harm of having people uh, celebrate a cross that they f- uh, are emotionally attached to Re- what's the point of going and and removing star of david from public places are these well, or really like the fight- scenes and so on yeah, and, or, yeah but you know, i mean yeah. I mean, really, really, Ali, when it comes right down to it, uh, mm-hmm. what's the harm in just not drawing a picture of Muhammad? What's the harm? I, 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 I actually agree with but you. I, I'm, so. I'm not endorsing these views. Uh, no, just this is the, up, this yeah. is the issue. A yeah. lot of times, atheists will defend religion because people don't understand that the religion and, and, and Armin, we were talking about this before the show, <laughs> that people don't understand that the God part of religion is not the only part of the indoctrination that you've received. The other part of the indoctrination that religious people have received is that religion is good. Religion deserves respect. Okay. And those two pieces of indoctrination are also false. And when you're talking about, you know, why don't you, why do you pick this fight? Why do you pick that fight? Well, it's a very interesting, very easy answer because those fights are illegal. The the, the 9-11 cross was going in uh, it, 9-11 was a religious-based event. Some priest, some priest picked an I-beam, called it holy, and now they're putting it in the museum. And they put it in the museum. And, and why? Because they're trying to Christianize a religious event. And would they allow us in? Remember what, we're, what we were worrying about with the 9-11 cross was that it was Christian only. They wouldn't allow the atheists to come in. Mm, well, yeah. They didn't have to take it away. We wanted to our own inclusion. When we talk about a Holocaust memorial or, or a, a, a Star of David on public land, you know what? That every little incursion is against the law, and it's not, it doesn't end there. Just like drawing Muhammad, it never ends there. So you have to fight against the small stuff. You so, have to fight against so the let, stuff that's unpopular. So, so let, me, let, me, let me play devil's advocate. Let's say we allow the star of David in public places. What are you afraid of, David? Let's say uh, what's going to happen after. Do you think like uh, the Jews are going to come take over? No, but the Christians will. If you allow a star of David, let's say, let's just say that, okay? Um, some some place somewhere puts a star of David on public land. Do you actually think, and, and nobody challenges it, do you actually think that the Christians aren't going to want something there too. The problem is that the people in power use what they can to get more power. So if there's a star of David somewhere, or if there's a religious landmark on there and, and, and it becomes precedent, the Christians will come in. They will come in and push their stuff. And still, and now what you've got, you've got a star of David and you've got a cross. Great. I'm sure the crescent will be there shortly thereafter, but all of a sudden you've got a lot of religion and no atheism. And that's a violation of the separation of church and state. And all of that legitimizes religion and delegitimizes atheists in the eyes of the people. It makes atheism less and makes religion more. And religion is, again, a lie. So it's actually taking a lie and elevating it over the truth in every instance. And so, no, I don't, I'm not afraid that the Jews are going to take over. I am afraid that the atheists are going to be reduced. I am afraid that civil liberties are going to be reduced, and that is something that we need to fight because it never stops. If you lose a little bit, you're going to lose a little bit more. Religion never is happy with what it has. Religion always, always, always wants more. Which, <laughs> okay. I mean, I remember when, um, when I was a, a young activist a long time ago when the, the, um, the Federal Equal Rights Act came out, and it allowed... Um, Religious groups to form in, co- in high school, that was supposed to be the end of the battle. 
because religious groups were able to for to come in and so were the atheist groups and that was supposed to be the end of the religious battle in school and everybody was happy for like five minutes but now they want to be able to restrict now they want to have christians and not everybody else now they want to have see you at the polls now they want to have bibles meetings in the classes now they want to uh, have uh, warning stickers on science books it doesn't end uh -huh. they never stop and so, so we have I, to realize that every little bit is not a, is not the end. It is a baby step to the next little bit. And mm -hmm. that has to be stopped. Because yeah. let me ask you something. Okay, let me ask you this. Let's say they put a Jewish star on the on the on the on, on the public land. Well, what if they want to make it two Jewish stars? Come on, you're not gonna fight a second Jewish star, right? <laughs> what about what about four more? Just four more. All right, five more. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Where exactly is it bad enough for you to say, Dave, go in there with American atheists and stop those guys? How bad does it have to be? Well, well it has what, to be what, what people what people what people will say is like, look, in in other countries, religion is being used to execute gays, to deny women their rights, to this, to that. And now you're worried about a harmless star in public. That's what they would say. You're like, this and is here in America, and here in America, religion is being used to take rights away from women and to harm gay people by not allowing them to uh, anti-discrimination. That's all religion. It's happening here, and it's happening worse and worse. Women in this country have fewer rights than they would have without religion. The the, the feminist issue is a religious issue. The Equal Rights Amendment is a, is a religious issue. Gay rights is a religious issue. Abortion is a religious issue. Death with dignity is a religious issue. Here in America, it's all about us losing rights because religion says so. Stem and that's why we need to fight that. Yeah. 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 So, um, Dave, I wanted to move on to um, something else. We have, I think, a little bit, a little less than, I think, 15 minutes left. So oh, I really wanted to get into this. So can we back can in keep the time limit? Because I really want to talk about this. Yeah, we can keep going. Okay. 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 So let's, uh, okay. So let's just, so I'll just put this to you. And I'm going to, I'm going to quote you from a speech you did in, in Tucson, Arizona in, uh, in 2013. And, and you said, quote, Jewish atheism is indeed an oxymoron because Judaism is only a religion and the rest is a scam, end quote. So um, this is something I wanted to uh, kind of get into because, you know, everywhere I, my, my book is called The Atheist Muslim for many different reasons, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, but um, one of the things I, one of the questions I do get at, at, at talks is people talk about atheists. Jews and you know Jewish atheism, and they always say that's different because it's an ethnicity and a culture. It's not just a religion. But I, I think it was about a year ago or something, or a year or almost two years ago actually, that uh, someone came up to me. I think it was in California, and um, this lady came to me. She's like, I, I used to be Jewish, and all. She said the same thing you did. She said it's all bullshit. Judaism is just a religion, so there's no such thing as an as an atheist Jew either. So. Um, I wanted to know you, you. You actually used to defend this position before, but while you were going through the process of writing the book, uh, you decided to just shed your Jewish identity and just go yeah. go with atheists. So, can you explain that a little bit? So, uh, yeah. So, I, I I decided to write this book. I came. Um, I, I started to write the book, and the first chapter that I wrote because I want to just start writing, right? So I, I'm, I've decided to write a book. What am I going to write about? Well, the first chapter I started to write about in the early version of Fighting God was a defense of Jewish atheism. I was 46 years old at the time. And I decided to say, okay, I'm going to write 
the definitive defense against Jewish atheism because I can do that because it's easy, right? I know all about it. I was raised Jewish. I'm a Jewish atheist. I know all about it. I can argue this into the ground. That's going to be the first thing that I write. But for this, for this book, I know there's going to be detractors. So I have to apply real genuine skepticism to the idea, which I can do with no problem. I'm going to apply real genuine skepticism to the idea of Jewish atheism, and then I won't have any detractors, and I'll be able to prove it, and I'll put the issue to bed once and for all. And that's what I went in to do. And so I wrote this first article, and I just basically what I did is I went through Judaism is a race. Judaism is an ethnicity. Judaism is a people. Judaism is a tribe. And I defined those terms. And then I applied skepticism to Judaism. And I realized through skepticism that Judaism fits none of those definitions. None. Okay. And all, all the times it says it, there's, it's, it's 100% special pleading. Judaism is an ethnicity. Well, can you convert to an ethnicity? No. Can you convert to Judaism? Yes, but that's a different, but that's a special case. Oh, okay. So Judaism is a race. Yes, Judaism is a race. So if you have one race of one, one person of one race and one person of another race and they have a baby, then you've got a half person of one race and a person who's half one and half the other race. No, you've got a mother who's a Jew, then the person is a full Jew. That's a race. So it's all special pleading. All of it was special pleading. So I went through this list over and over and over again, and I realized that this was an entirely, it was an entirely bullshit uh, argument. And then I had this idea, I had this epiphany. I went to the Museum of Science in Boston, and they had a, an Islamic exhibit in the Museum of Science, an Islam exhibit in the Museum of Science. So I went wow. in and looked. And I saw the same thing over and over. Here's a man. This man invented a thing. This man was a Muslim. Therefore, Islam gave you this thing. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, that. that sounds All so that. familiar. Okay. Oh uh, Islam gave us algebra. Islam gave us calculus. It, because a Muslim did it. Did so you Islam which gave chapter it in the Quran did he use to come up with that uh, invention? Like how? Yeah. Well, how does Islam get credit? Did he use because Islam? Because Islam, and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this exhibit. And I'm like, look at this. Islam is simply trying to make itself look bigger by yeah. taking credit for that which is not due. That's like yeah. saying and Judaism that, gave us general general relativity, right? So because well, Einstein was exactly, exactly, yeah. and it was, it, and so I realized at that point that. Islam, of course, is just the same as Judaism. It's trying to make itself look bigger, trying to make itself look more important. And, and look at what Judaism is doing. It says anything. It changes its definition in real time. It's an ethnicity. It's a tribe. It's a people. Oh, we have, we're, we're just, we're all descendants from Judea. Oh, guess what? That's not true. We're all descendants from converts in but, the, in, 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 but, in the but East. David, but guess what? Jewish food. Have you ever heard of Muslim food? Have you ever heard of Buddhist food? No. It's location dependent. Falafel is yeah, a, falafel is not a Muslim food. Yeah, no, it's a Middle Eastern food, right? right? But, it's but, a but Middle they, Eastern. But they, food. What if what if people say like you, Judaism means uh, is 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 the same word has been used to describe uh, three different things, right? So uh, the the word Judaism is uh, Jew is used to describe a religion and an ethnicity and also. 
set of cultures, right? And these two, three words mean like are, we should have had three different words for them. Yes. What happened? It so happens now we're using the same word. That's but sort of, sort of confusion. And, and that's part of the scam. And, that is the scam. The whole idea that those other things that are not Judaism are also Judaism. That is the scam. This is not a Jewish nose. It's a Middle Eastern nose. It's 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 location dependent. The fact right. that I look like you, Armin. Is because we come from our parents come from the same areas of the world. It's not because I'm Jewish. It's because right. our ancestors came from this area. But the Jewish religion, the Jewish religion wants to be bigger. The Jewish religion wants to preserve itself. It's like it's a meme, okay? Just like it's it's a, it's a Dawkinsian meme. Right. So what does it want? It wants me to have babies, and it wants me to have babies that call themselves Jewish, so that maybe they'll come back and be Jewish by religion and preserve the meme. Right, but 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 it's it's one it's one thing to say like let's say there's Jewish culture. It's one thing for you to say. It's one thing to say that Jewish we shouldn't call these set of cultures Jewish because Jewish Judaism is a religion. But you could try to change the definition. But what if people say, well, right now these set of cultures are called Jewish. You could try to push for coming up with a different name for them but this is what we understand this is how language works once a certain number of people call something something that's how the word will be defined so these set of cultures are called jewish and these so when and also this this set of ethnicity i know and you understand that when you when it comes from mother that's the religious aspect of it so that doesn't make sense but genetically when you look at certain group of people you know when you go get your dna test they say like oh you're five percent jewish so there's some dna thing there five percent ashkenazi uh, yeah, that's what they say. They, they don't say Jewish. They say Ashkenazi or Sephardi right. or one of those. Right. Because but that's location dependent. That's real. There right. is a there is an ethnicity, and that is an Ashkenazic ethnicity. That is a real thing. But if you look at other Jews, uh, Sephardic, Jews Sephardic Jews, they don't have that marker. They don't have the culture. Right. They don't. They don't. They wouldn't know bagels, locks, and cream cheese if it bit them on the ass. So it's not a Jewish <laughs> culture. Okay. But, so what are we I doing when we say that? Mm -hmm. Yes, we are yield. Yes, what we're doing when we say that all that is Jewish. What we're doing. Is we're yielding to the scam that is being fed to us by the Jewish religion that okay, it is so bigger have, than it is. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I have a question. So, do you have strategically could this be a way to have an out in every case? For instance, you know, you say, well, Judaism is a religion, so now we have a, um, or, or if you say Jewish. Judaism is an ethnicity, and now you have Jewish schools, and you're saying, well, that's kind of like having white schools, or isn't that? And they're like, well, no, but it's no, a religion, religion too. And then that's an go, exception to the rule, Ali, because yeah, it's all about special pleadings. But that, that's what I'm saying. It, it all becomes exceptions to the rule. Like, yes. if you had a white majority state, then that would be obviously a problem. But, you know, if you have, uh, then when you say Israel is an ethno state, you say, no, it's not an ethno state because this is also a religion. So but that, makes a, a religion. that makes it a theocracy. Yeah. Wait, so, 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 so wait. So, so wait. If if Israel, but, but, but what but, I'm saying is like there's there's outs everywhere. There's I'm ways right. out everywhere. And, and, and this is the genius. This is exactly what you're hitting on, Ali. This is yeah. exactly it. They're using all of these fingers to skirt themselves and to make Judaism something more than it isn't, and to give it protection that it doesn't deserve. People so the, think the argument. The, the counter argument here, though, and um, w which I actually think is a good one, right? So, it, is that I'll give you an example. We had a we had a conference with Muslim Mission. We have our our next guest on this is going to be Ibrahim Abdullah from Muslim Mission. We were I was doing a panel with him, 
And uh, they asked him about it. He's a very hardcore atheist. He's a very hardcore ex-Muslim. He can't stand Islam or the Quran. Um, he's, he's very firebrand and irreverent about it. Um, but then they, someone asked, like, is there anything that you still identify with that's Islamic? And, and one thing he said that struck me, he said, well, if Donald Trump goes out and starts like, collecting Muslims and putting them in concentration camps, in that case, I'm going to be Muslim too. Right? I mean, not willfully. But the fact that everybody else is going to look at him, they're not going to care he's an ex-Muslim or firebrand atheist. They're just going to look at him as a Muslim. So yes. the Jews have a, an, a obviously a, a history like that on steroids. I mean, you've had a historically just unprecedented persecution. You, you have the history of the Holocaust. You have all of this. Um, so it, it does, doesn't it make it sense for some people to identify as Jews because of what their people went through or their parents or their, their ancestors went through and, and come together on a sense of community rather than ideology. And that's why they took the ideology out of it. If, if people tell me that if Hitler came to power right now, that I would be thrown into the oven with all the Jews. Right. And I say to them, that is absolutely true because Hitler was wrong. And I'm not going to define myself by wrong people. I'm not going to call myself something that is wrong because wrong people think it's true. Yes, if Donald Trump, if America becomes another Nazi Germany and all the Jews are thrown into death camps, they will come after me because they think I'm Jewish. Mm -hmm. They will be wrong. So, and I so will go into those death camps and I will say, and it will be awful because I will never be a Jew. Which okay, doesn't Hitler, make Hitler me a thought Jew. of all Jews as an ethnicity too, right? So, I mean, that's... What? Yeah. Hitler actually thought of Jews as a race, as, as an ethnicity. Yes, and he so, was wrong. Yeah. He, right. Basically, David, you're saying, why would you let your enemies define who you are, right? Why so, would you let wrong people define who you are? Right. It's about right. being correct. So when Farid, Zak uh, Farid Zakaria, when he defined, he said, I'm going to identify as a Muslim because of the persecution against Muslims. You think that's a, that's not the right. That's that not makes Islam look bigger than it is. And it makes atheism look smaller than it is. That hurts. Mm -hmm. That hurts. So that's, yes, of course it hurts. Right. Because Islam doesn't need to be boasted. What needs to be bolstered is atheism. Atheism needs to be bolstered. People who are atheists need to call themselves atheists, not secular Jews, not reformed Muslims, not lapsed Catholics. If you don't have a belief in a God, you're an atheist, and you have the social responsibility to call yourself an atheist. Because if, you, if, you're, an, if you're a lapsed Catholic and you call yourself a lapsed Catholic, you're calling yourself a Catholic, not an atheist. So, so let's say, so what, what role do you think? Uh, what, how does politics play into this? So just going back to, to, to expand a little bit on what Armin said about Fried Zakaria. Fried Zakaria wrote the article saying that, you know, I, I am a Muslim and I must embrace it. I, I am embracing this identity because not because I am, I, I don't know, he was saying something about Donald Trump because this was the day after Donald Trump during his campaign in 2015 announced that uh, the Muslim ban, that all yeah. You know, Muslims entering, no, we should have a complete and total shutdown on Muslims entering the United States. So when he said that, uh, Fried Zakaria in response wrote this and he said, you know, I, I haven't been to a mosque. I don't pray. I'm sort of deistic, agnostic. You know, my wife is Christian. My kids are not being raised Muslim, but I'm embracing this identity. So is it, so when you have stuff like Donald Trump, do you think they may be forcing people who've actually assimilated and gone beyond their tribal identities to go back and embrace them? And, and how do you counter that? 
It's an interesting question. Um, I, I would counter it by saying that people need to uh, to speak out against injustice from wherever their their true position is. I think that um, as an atheist, if I defend Muslims because the Muslim ban is immoral, I think that holds more weight than if I'm a Muslim defending a more uh, uh, well. It holds different weight, let's say that, yeah. than if I say that I'm a, that a, a Muslim saying, hey, don't oppress me. It, it, it holds more weight to say, don't oppress those people than it does to say, don't oppress me. And you, know, I you, don't, you don't have to be gay to defend gay rights. You don't have to be a woman to defend women rights. You don't have to be a Muslim to to fight against anti-Muslim bigotry. Yeah. And, and and it's important that everybody does it. And it's important that the fight against bigotry be broad. Right. It's important that atheists need to come out and defend Muslims against the Muslim ban. It's important that atheists come out, uh, atheist men come out and defend women's rights. It's important that people do this as the true position that they are. I don't agree with the idea of calling yourself something you're not in order to make yourself part of, a, of an oppressed group. I think what you should be doing is to call yourself what you are and defend oppressed groups. But, so what about the atheists that left Christianity and it says, I'm an atheist, but I'm culturally Christian and I still want to, want to belong to that community and I like the Christian stuff, the Christian practices. Christmas and carols and... Uh, so, yeah, so that's cultural... It's the same thing as Jewish culture. It's, it's people who are clinging to the religion to which they were born because they can't that get rid of it. It's the it's people who fine. think that their religion no, no, is important no, no, because no, no, their they, religion told them it is. No, no. Let's say, let's say, uh, let's say that you don't. You think it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. You don't need it, but it's just fun. You like it. You enjoy it. It's the place where you go and meet yeah. other people. You just you, you decide. Like, I'll, I'll give you an example of what Armin's saying. In the sense that Ramadan, right, the feasts of Ramadan, the dinner. Like I still enjoy that with my family. A lot of my family is Muslim. A lot of people who are sort of Christians, who have Christian families, uh, who are complete atheists, like yeah. They, they, they they will still go to Christmas dinners. Yeah, you know, they even they may even sing. Like I, I know I sing. The, I was singing Silent Night to my daughter like last because it helps uh -huh. her go to sleep. And I I think it's a nice melody. Uh, what, what about things like that? I mean, th those are. There's nothing hard. wrong with that. Do ha be happy. But Just be honest. If so, you're if you're an atheist who likes to celebrate Christian uh, celebrate traditional Christian things. Celebrate traditional Christian things, but don't call yourself a Christian when you do it. No, when you say cultural Christian, you basically when you say cultural Christian, you're basically yeah. saying that I don't believe in that bullshit. But that, right. You know, so well, the, the 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 perfect example is uh, I was raised Jewish. I used to enjoy the Passover Seder. So if I really liked the Passover Seder, let's just pretend for a moment that the Passover Seder was a uh, something that you could do without the religion. Um, what what's what's wrong with me having a Passover Seder if everybody at the table knows that I'm not and I'm not a Jew anymore? Right. There's so so we that. agree with we agree with the fact that there's nothing wrong with that. But would you think it's wrong to call yourself culturally Jewish at that point? Yes. Why, because there's no such thing as the Jewish culture. It's you could be you could be culturally Ashkenazic, but you're an atheist. And if you call yourself XXX Jewish, you're calling yourself Jewish. No, and you should call you yourself an atheist. You say there's no such thing as culture or Jewish because there's because for example, the example you gave is that um, if I say this is a this is part of the Jewish culture, then you, you counter like, but I know Jewish people that don't practice that culture, so it can't be Jewish culture. But then I would give you an example. I, I know there's a lot of Persian culture that I don't practice, but that doesn't like, but that doesn't make that not Persian and that doesn't make me not Persian. 
You know what I mean? Just because I'm not practicing it. But There's Persia a, is a place. Right. Persia is a place. I, and if you like the culture, you can, you can use the culture. But, but I'm not practicing you, it. That doesn't make that just because you can find Persian people that are not practicing the culture, that doesn't make the culture not Persian. No, the reason that the, the reason it's not about practicing, it's about calling it Jewish. What I'm saying is that if you have people, culture is not about practice, right? It's about what you were raised in. It's about what you're associated with. It's about how is it's about the culture in which you were raised. If you have not been, if you've been raised in an Ashkenazic culture, Mm. Then you have this Ashkenazic culture. If you've been raised in a Sephardic culture, it's a completely different culture. So you can't call them the same. Well, what, if you've been raised as an Ethiopian Jew, you've got a completely different culture. So well, to what, call Ashkenazic culture Jewish culture is a misnomer. Why can't you define Jewish culture as a, a group that that uh, that these um, different cultures that you're mentioning are a subcategory? And then you're going special pleading again. Now you're redefining the word to make it sound Jewish. Why are you doing that? Because Judaism wants to be bigger than it is, and you're a victim of indoctrination because mm. you're yielding to that pressure to make Judaism bigger than it is. You're mm. giving a special plea to everything. This is Jewish. That's Jewish. It's all Jewish. Everything's Jewish because that's <laughs> what Judaism wants you to do. So, so going back to I, going back to the whole uh, the Muslim thing. So I will, you know, and you're right about the cultural heterogeneity. So in with you know Judaism, you're talking about the Ashkenazim, the Sephardim, and so on. But with uh, Islam, with Muslims, you've got Indonesian Muslims who are nothing like Egyptian Muslims. Egyptian right. Muslims, I, actually, Egyptian Muslims have more in common with Egyptian Christians than they do with Indian Muslims. And Indian Muslims have more common, more in common with Indian Hindus than they do with Turkish Muslims, and so on. So, so there is a, a massive amount of cultural heterogeneity, and a lot of the uh, sort of these cultural elements become sort of religionized. And uh, the religion does influence them in a way. But there are some things, for example, like the Ramadan thing I was saying, or the, the the Ramadan feasts or the Eid celebrations, um, uh, some of these aspects, of, and admittedly there are very few of them, but that are actually universally Islamic. So all of these different Muslim cultures uh, or Muslim cultures in quotes, I get, I guess, you know, going by what you're saying, um, they do have these elements of their culture that are Islamic when it comes to the holidays and celebrations and the rituals and so on. Um, so, so wouldn't, uh, to me, it seems like there, there, those are two separate things. There's a geographical culture and then there is a culture that is, that does come from, that is rooted in the religion that is really sure. rooted in Muslim culture. So sure. that's the part of it that, for instance, that I would participate in uh, without any of the ideology or the belief or anything like that. Do it, have fun. And enjoy. Just don't call yourself a Muslim because you're not. Oh yeah, yeah. We're, I'm. I'm not. I'm, I just want this for the audience. I just want to let to let them know that when so, it comes to the title of my book, which I have explained, the atheist Muslim, um, it is more like it's about. It speaks more really to the closeted atheists across the Muslim world, of which we know there are millions. By the way, Ali, I really enjoyed your book. I read it and I really enjoyed it as well. And, thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed you too, yours too. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, and, and you know, when it comes to uh, my book, Fighting God, my title, the title of my book wasn't my first choice. In fact, it wasn't my second, third, or fourth this choice. This is why you guys should publish with Atheist Republic next time because we get, let you choose your own titles. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, well, you send me on a five country, three continent book tour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually might be able to now, but I'll t I could talk to you later. But he's getting there. He, he's gonna get there. Yeah. yeah. So, if if Judaism is not a 
culture and not an ethnicity and it's religion and nothing else but but religion so yeah. um then if israel is becomes a, is trying to become a jewish state does that make israel a theocracy or an ethnic state <laughs> no not an ethnic state because you're saying it's not an no it it, it, it makes it a theocracy it, it it makes it a theocracy Judaism, uh, israel does not have equal rights for jews and non-jews so it is a theocratic state um, and it is um, not an equal state. It's not a demo- democratic state. It's a it's a theocratic state, or it's a democracy trying to become a theocratic state, mm. or it's a theocratic state trying to pretend it's a democracy. Um, and uh, you know, uh, 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 I have a lot of animosity as I became aware of the fact that Jewish ethnicity and Jewish race and Jewish culture is a scam. I became to become very very angry at the Israeli government for portraying that. And it's kind of an, it's, it's an anger, but it's also an admiration because there's a marketing genius behind the way yeah. Israel oh, yeah. is using these lies to protect, to, to, to grow itself. This whole idea of Aliyah, the whole idea that every Jew is a citizen, all you have to do is, oh, have the money and the wherewithal to move there. Mm. And and bring your money there, and to have your kids there, and to bring them up, and to be loyal to Israel. Um, it, it's it's marketing genius. It's a huge scam, and it makes it, it's got America by the balls because we are afraid to become anti-Semitic. Everybody who sells against Israel is considered an anti-Semite, and what an anti-Semite and a racist because Judaism is a race, and you're being an anti-Semite against the people, but. It's, it's so, I mean, look at the amount of money and the support that we are giving, we as an America are giving to this theocratic state uh, because there is such an, a, an enormous number of people with an enormous amount of money in this state that think that they are Jews and mm-hmm. that they have some sort of allegiance to Israel because, alleg- because Israel is doing this great favor to them by giving them dual citizenship and allowing them to come. If you have the money to come, right. I mean, if you think about the scam of the Israeli government and how it uses the lie of Jewish ethnicity and Jewish culture to make itself strong, it's boggling. But, but how David, are, aren't good you, that is? Aren't you discounting somewhat the historical context of the fact that there was, there really was no safe place for Jews? There were all minority communities in these other majority countries that were non-Jewish majority, and uh, there were unprecedented amounts of persecution. And then you it culminated. There was a climax with World War II, and you had the Holocaust. And then they're like, okay, let's have one place, one place where I, uh, that every Jew around the world. Right, who, go who home. can potentially be subject to persecution can go to and and be okay. Like, like and, that, and, and you that, can find and you can found a country, and they did that, found that, that a country. sort of liberal Zionism in a way. Yeah, and and, yeah. They, and you can found a country that has that is a theocracy, but that exactly is what it is. And and I, I hate to be really blunt, but the world doesn't owe Judaism anything. Okay, religions come and go. Religions ebb and flow, and the fact that Judaism is persecuted, yes, that's bad. Persecution is bad, but the world doesn't owe Judaism anything any more than it owes Hinduism or Islam or Christianity anything. The world doesn't owe yeah. religion but, anything. No, Judaism, you're, you're right about the religion aspect, but I, I'm just saying that historically, you know, and and I I I get your point about the the fact that it's it's you know. It's a religion, and it's really nothing else. But 
through history, it's sort of been made into a community, right? Like Jewish people, they used to look at who's circumcised and who's not circumcised. And people, other people, hit, all these other people did not look at them that way. But why would I, you open your door to only a certain group of prosecuted people? Why wouldn't you open your door to all like Well, this was in the context of a certain... The, the other argument would be, Armin, like I think a better argument would be, why wasn't Israel in Uganda? Why was it in the biblical Palestinian place? Or why are they still expanding settlements in Judea and in, in, right. in the West Bank? I, uh, that stuff I am completely with you on. Uh, yeah. I, I understand that. that. That stuff is decidedly religious and religious-rooted. But just overall, supposing there was a homeland and supposing it was in Uganda, supposing it was in you know, some other place in Saskatchewan, <laughs> a lot of room there. Um, yeah. So supposing it, it was there and it wasn't necessarily biblical, that, would that still be a, 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 a theocratic state? Yeah. It would still be because... Because you're identifying, you're looking, you're identifying people based on a religion to call yeah, them, yeah. to bring them home. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but so, 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 um, you know, uh, this whole idea of uh, the Jews being the chosen people, right? Uh, uh, do you, we compare that to white supremacy and we got a lot of backlash from that. Uh, we actually like, we got, we actually even had the swastika right next to the star of David and, Basically, telling and and the is and and the cross and the um, Islamic symbols and like all the ideologies. Yeah, and we basically say told them that re, said religious supremacy. Actually, this was a quote from Yasmin Muhammad, that, and we said religious supremacy and race supremacy—they're all bullshit, right? Uh, do Do you think that was a step too far to co uh, to compare Jewish supremacy to with white supremacy? No, I don't, uh, because I've been raised in a Jewish household and I've been raised in a, in a uh, Jewish uh religion and there is jewish supremacy in judaism they we we are the chosen people, chosen people. And, and uh to to claim that that's not true is just bullshit i mean that's a lie um and to claim that there isn't uh bigotry rampant in judaism against all non-jews come to 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 claim to even posit the idea that there isn't rampant anti anti-anti-Jewish sentiment in the in the Jewish population is just it's ridiculous um, and so yeah they don't like to hear it but again it is true uh, bigotry is all stupid and bigotry is all wrong now there is of course the whole uh, concept of privilege and there is a whole con the concept of the power structure so what is bigotry and what is racism racism is is disadvantage is uh, disadvantage plus power um, so if you want to get into that description then then you're going to get into a um, a, a different argument but uh, it is something that needs to be said that there is rampant anti anti-jewish bigotry in Judaism it is endemic and it is not special. It's not like there's not anti-anti-Islam bigotry in Muslim families. It's not like there's not anti-anti-Christian bigotry in Christian families. Mm -hmm. It's All religion creates outgroups. Judaism is not special. To claim that Judaism is special in any way is wrong, and it is blind, and it is yielding to a pressure to not uh, a fear so, so David, of being called anti-Semitic. So you're very anti-tribalistic, right? You're against having tribes. Right? I'm anti-lie. I'm anti-falsehood. I'm I'm, I'm pro-reality, and and if, to say that the to say that um, Judaism doesn't create outgroups and doesn't live 
in a an outgroup looking down their nose at outgroup mentality right. uh, is a lie. It is wrong. It's rampant, and I, I think that if you uh, that Judaism is something that needs and deserves zero protection from criticism, zero. Uh, and uh, that doesn't mean I'm 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 trying to be to persecute, and I'm not being anti-Semitic when I say this. Right. I'm not saying anything about human beings. I'm saying the religion is shit. Yeah. And the religion, just like every other religion, deserves to die. And to say that there's no bigotry in Judaism is wrong, uh, rampantly, ridiculously wrong. And, but but you you um, what are your feelings about patriotism and or nationalism or because you you call your your organization is American atheists. And I remember one time you had a campaign saying atheism is patriotic. Was that yes? So yeah. isn't patri isn't like feeling a sense of superiority because of your nation the same almost the same thing as think you know race or religion? And and, and Arben, that's a great question. And this is a question of nuance. Okay, mm -hmm. when I say I'm patriotic, when I say I'm proud to be an American, I'm not talking about proud to be. In the 50 states where I was like, I was proud because I was born in Massachusetts. I'm proud that, that Donald Trump is my president. No, I am proud to be an American in such that I understand the concepts of what being an American means to me, the concept of freedom, the concept of equality, the concept of, the, of democracy, the concept of uh, balance of powers, the concept of a separation of church and state. These are the American ideals which I am very proud to uphold and which I uphold. And so when I say I am a patriotic American, I am talking about the ideals which represent America to me. Um, I am not proud to be born in Massachusetts. I'm not proud um, that, I mean, that's, there's nothing pride, there's nothing prideful there. I so, was born, so, I didn't do anything. So you just, I, there are some sets of values that you appreciate, that you think that your country adopts those sets of values, but then that's really not your country. Just those values that, uh, I mean, your country might have also bad values. So it's not really, yes. and other countries might have those values. So it's really not dependent on the country. It's just those. So why, why don't you just say, I, these are the values that I like instead of trying to attribute it to a certain country? Because I'd like to foster those values here where I am. And I'd like to foster those values around my neighborhood and my, and my, why not globally country? instead of a certain place? What? Why not? Why not try to spread those values globally instead of the countries that you happen to be born? Well, in? I, I agree. You should try to spend those values, spread the values globally that you support. But I'm here, and doing it nationally is much easier and much more conducive. So, yes, your your point is valid. I totally grant your point. Um, this country's right now in a real problem, right? I'm not especially proud to be an American with Donald Trump as president. When I go abroad and I say I'm an American, I, I'm not experiencing pride in that fact. <laughs> but I will when I help fix this country and when I help bring America back to America as I see fit, as I see it should be, when I fight the things that are making America go bad, bring back the values that I support, bring back the values that make me want to live here, that make me want to feel pride, that make me want to feel patriotic. And so yeah, you, I get you, your point. And uh, if you fail, would you ever say I'm ashamed to be American? Oh, of course. Oh.
And and the um, one person I mentioned um, that we should ask you how, if you're reaching out to because you went to some Republican events. Um, are you trying to reach out to the other side and to the? And actually, the question was very long, so I'm not going to read the entire thing. But what has it been your experience with that? Um, you see, well, you're talking about CPAC, and CPAC is happening right now, mm. and I'm in New Jersey. Oh, okay. They didn't so, allow us back. <laughs> we're there for yeah, they, four they, years. They, you guys went last time. That was a great video. Where you yeah, we talked about we, conservative uh, atheists. That's a that's a great. And, and I feel really bad about it. I feel really bad about this because we were making some serious inroads into the conservative movement. We were making serious friends and allies, and we were getting our message heard. Hmm. And I guess we were um, we were very effective. But also, Donald Trump won, and when Donald Trump won, the uh, quite frankly, the American Conservative Union. Um, became a different organization, um, and it went from it, it went from something that was expanding to something that collapsed really hard. So that goes for the general uh, conservative um, movement in the uh, U.S. in general. I think. Yeah, uh, before yeah. Donald Trump won, um, and I'm not going to mention any names, but before Donald Trump won, um, I had a conversation with somebody very high up in the American Conservative Union who who told me very loud and plainly that. The Repu- that the conservative agenda is not the alt-right agenda. Mm-hmm. And now it is. Yeah, now it is. And now it is. And what happened this year is American atheists went in and uh, we were going to do it again. I did pay the money and they turned us down and they turned us away because we're not conservative enough anymore. They didn't want our business. And so CPAC is happening without us this year. And I'm disappointed as hell. Because we were making good friends. Those first two or three years that we were at CPAC, we did good. Mm. We did good. And it wasn't about recruiting, you know, assholes into the American atheist movement. It was about raising awareness of the fact that conservatism and Christianity do not need to go hand in hand. Unfortunately, conservatism doesn't want to hear that message anymore. And so they turned us away. And so CPAC is happening right now. And I'm here in New Jersey. And I hope next year they allow us to come in. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to them. I'm not going to pretend to be conservative. We're nonpartisan. We have our agenda. Our agenda has always been on our sleeve. We've always said exactly what we're doing. Um, and they turned us away and hopefully they'll bring us back next year after they lose a hell of a lot of votes in the 2018 election. Well, <laughs> you know who you have, you don't have, you may not have CPAC, but you've got Hugh Laurie. Okay. You so, know, I've got yeah. Hugh Laurie. You've got and Hugh Laurie. <laughs> that Hugh Laurie is coming to the American Atheist National American Convention. Atheist National Convention. <laughs> yes. When is that again? Can you tell everybody when is that and how they can join? Thanks, thanks for the prompts. Uh, American Atheist National Convention uh, is going. To, so there's three things I want to say about the American Atheist National Convention. Uh, the first thing is the speaker lineup, which I honestly think is the best speaker lineup I've ever seen in an atheist convention. Okay, mm-hmm. we've got Hugh Laurie, we've got Inishevchenko, we've got uh, Muhammad Al Qadr, who's the former head of the Jordanian atheists, we've and, and a Barry previous Lynn. guest on on this podcast actually. And yeah. uh, one thing, just a quick little interruption to tell you is that I have heard from many uh, mainstream atheist organizations in the U.S. that they, because they're liberal leaning, they tend to shy away from featuring ex-Muslims because that they're they're scared of being lumped in with the Trump crowd, the Islamophobia phobia thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so kudos to you and, and for thank you yeah. for actually getting Mohammed Al Qadra, who who we love here. And you know, he's been on our part. We interviewed yeah. him and, 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 
And we have a lot of ex-Muslims listening to this podcast. And guys, we have to encourage more atheist events to invite ex-Muslims. So if you're an ex-Muslim and you want to see more ex-Muslim speakers, go to this event to show other atheist organizations that they shouldn't shy away from having ex-Muslim speakers on their panels. Please go and support this event so that people can see that having ex-Muslims on their panel is a good idea. Thank you so much for that. And, and I, I want to just get through this really quickly because I know we're, yeah. out of, we're running out of time. But so, so we have this speaker lineup, which is fantastic, okay? We also have a theme, and the theme is to bring the love out of firebrand atheism. So we're not going in there just to be mean. We're, not going, we're, we're, we're creating an atmosphere that is overtly welcome, overtly tolerant, and overtly happy. We're going to raise money for, for, for Muhammad. We're going to raise money. Uh, we're going to pack food for the hungry, and we're going to show some serious love. And so we're going to have a wonderful atmosphere. We're going to have a fantastic set of speaker lineups, plus comedy, plus music, plus um, a lot of fun. And then on top of those two points, and this is very important, we have discounted pricing. And this is an important point because I intend to sell this convention out. And if you've never been in in a convention where there's 600, 800, 1,000 people, and you, you've not experienced the kind of community that we're trying to build here. Um, so if you can afford to come to the American Atheist Convention for the full price, which is about $250 for the weekend, please do it. But if you can't, you can come for $99 for the weekend just because you say you can't afford it. So we want you to come. If you live in Oklahoma, you can come for the whole weekend for $50. If you're a student, you can come for the whole weekend for $50. If you're a veteran, you can come for the whole weekend for $99. We are trying to make this a all, uh, we're trying to sell this convention out. I am going to bring you Hugh Laurie. And he is going, and let me tell you something. I spent two and a half hours with this man. He is amazing. He is funny. He is intelligent. He's brilliant. And he's well-informed. He's well-read. And he's got stories up the wazoo. And it's just going to be fantastic to see what what he says on stage. And I'm going to bring this all to where it's going to be in Oklahoma City, March 30th through April 1st. And it's really cheap. The website is atheists.org slash convention 2018. Atheists.org slash convention 2018. While you're there, please join American Atheists. We're a fair 501c3 nonprofit organization. We can use your membership. We could really use your help. We could really use your support. And by the way, while I'm talking about your support, American Atheist has our, audit, our financials audited every year, and we publish our financials on the web every year because we want you to know how we're spending your donation dollars, and we want you to be comfortable becoming a member of American Atheist and supporting us because we are changing this country. We are fighting this, this war, and we are doing it with seven employees, wow. and wow. we need your help. So yeah, and it's going to be fun, too, because I think... One of uh, our patrons is asking if it's going to be live streamed. Uh, probably not. You need to get there. No, you need to get there, guys. You need to go there. And yeah. you know, this movement, this whole atheist movement needs to be the movement of our, of our generation. We get, so please, if you can, if you have time, please go and support it because it's about time that we take this movement seriously. But Ali, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was, I was going to say another great thing about Hugh Laurie is that uh, Hugh, where's you know, he's the half of uh, the Fry and Laurie, where Stephen Fry has always been very, very vocal about his atheism. But Hugh Laurie, uh, nobody's really heard him um, 
I mean, yeah, he hasn't really come out and said anything that's what was this blatant, like he is going to be at this conference where he's associating with it. So I, I think it's going to be, uh, it could be pretty incredible. It's, it's going to be it. incredible. It's, it's, it's uh, I'm, I'm, it's the movement's first A-list celebrity. Yeah, to come yeah. and it, you know he's he's not coming because he's being paid an exorbitant amount of money. He's not coming because he's getting an award. He's coming because he cares. Yeah, yeah. and once because once, he wants to be associated with us, he wants to bring his fame and his popularity to the movement because he supports us. And yeah. so we need to support him by coming out in droves. I intend to sell this convention out. We are two thirds sold out now. Once the event is over and you see the videos, you're going to say, I wish I was there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because it's <laughs> anyway, oh, yeah. Uh, David, thank you so much for having you on here. It's been yeah. a true honor. And I'm so glad I got to talk to you. I know we've, like I said, we've corresponded in the past, but I've never had, uh, you know, had, had a proper long form conversation. I hope this is the first of many to come. And um, I, I'm pretty sure I, I speak for Armin when, when I say that as well. Oh, can yeah, can you sure. tell everybody, uh, you know, where to find you personally? So we know about American Atheists, but, um, you know, your but, Twitter, Facebook. If by the way, before, 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 I, before some people that are listening to this later on a podcast, um, whatever podcast you're listening to, I'm going to link to the, the convention in the description. So please check the description and uh, for the links to uh, American Atheists and the convention. Uh, um, thank you, uh, Armin, Armin and Ali. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be on here. Armin, it's great to see you again. Ali, uh, it, it's, great to, it's great to be on here. You know, you and I have crossed paths uh, so many times, and this is our first face-to-face conversation, and it's long yeah. overdue. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, my Twitter handle is Mr. Atheist Pants. Uh, that was it. given to me by uh, Stephen Colbert on his show. He actually told me, he actually called me Mr. Atheist Pants on his show. <laughs> uh, my Facebook is slash Dave Silverman. Uh, and the uh, American Atheist webpage, the American Atheist Twitter is at American Atheist. And of course, our webpage again is atheists.org. And that's the best place to find everything about us. Uh, and of course, my Twitter handle, uh, Mr. Atheist Pants, is the best place to, to keep track of me. And uh, again, my, the name of my book is Fighting God, um, an Atheist Manifesto for a Religious World. It's a very good book. Uh, Ali Rizvi says he likes it. It and, is. I loved it. And, yeah. and someday, Armin will read it, and he will like it too. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my list. I have it right here, and I have it with your s- s- signature on it, so I'm very yeah. proud of owning one. And, and thank you both for having me on the show. I really do appreciate it. I really do appreciate you uh, staying on with me and letting me talk about all the wonderful things that are going on. And I hope to see you both at the American Atheist National Convention because it's going to be it, – it may very well be the best – uh, American Atheist Convention yet. I, I'm totally serious. It may be the best yet, and I'm really, really excited about it. I hope everybody comes. All right, Don't miss it, guys. Don't miss it. But everybody on the live stream, thank you so much uh, for your questions, and we'll see you next time. All right. Bye-bye. The Secular Jihadists have been made possible thanks to the Illuminati and the covert support of Israel and the CIA. That's what we have been told, but we haven't received our checks yet. If you like what we do, please support us. Share the podcast with your friends. Write and tweet us with topic and guest suggestions. Or head over to secularjihadist.com and give a dollar or more for exclusive access to live video. Have your questions read and answered on the air and more. Till next time, may the flying spaghetti monster be with you.